welcome to the Mike and Mike show. <laughs> bum, 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 yeah. bum. Alright, uh, Mike Weed, I uh, had a stroke about five years ago, and I'm starting to uh, to get this uh, somebody to uh, stroke and other people in all different kinds of uh, things. And uh, so uh, this Mike Mitchell, Mitchell, yeah, and uh, you got a got story for you too. Um, I we uh, friends for high school, junior high junior, school. Yeah, junior high school, and uh, so I know him a long time. Lots of fun. Indeed. <laughs> so uh, yeah, your story. What's yeah. uh, yeah, you know my beef wasn't a stroke. My beef wasn't a PTSD from being in military. Um, my problem was that I suffer from alcoholism. From the very first moment I took a drink, mm -hmm. around 14 or probably 14 years old, I knew it was something that was going to make me feel better than I thought I felt about myself. Mm -hmm. um, I always had a low vision of myself growing up. And it wasn't because I had a lack of friends. It wasn't yeah. because I had a lack of love for my family. Mm -hmm. It was something that was internally, you know, dug into me, uh, clearly of my own making, um, but I can't explain it. Yeah. But something seemed to, those problems seemed to go away. Those, those, those feelings of self-worthlessness and just not belonging uh, went away when I put alcohol. Interesting. A lot of people think, thought that. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a, you know, Pagliacci is the sad clown. Like, he yeah. would go out, he would go out and perform for people and everybody would laugh at all the jokes and shit. And, um, but then he'd go home and look in the mirror and say, that's exhausting. They're real. You know, <laughs> you know, it was always, you, we're good liars and <laughs> we're good and it's easy to pretend to put a mask on. I also discovered cocaine and Ritalin in college because my, one of my buddies had a never ending supply of Ritalin and, uh, wow. And that was always fun. I always had this particular fondness of getting loaded, I don't know. And that's what I figured it was. I didn't figure it was a disease of alcoholism. I thought it was, I just really liked to get loaded and have fun. <laughs> but college never lasted. College wouldn't work because I didn't, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't invest the time into studying. I could invest the time into getting loaded, you know. Um, so college wasn't for me, so out I went. I discovered that I wasn't a, I wasn't an uneducated, stupid human being. I did, you know, I had a, I had a, I had a brain. Mm -hmm. um, so I went out and I just started working. I, I did, I don't know how long, I don't know how many semesters in college because I would do one semester, take a semester yeah. off, yeah. and then do the same thing. So I truly don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't until the early two thousands when I really discovered it. alcoholism starts with fun. Mm -hmm. Then it goes to function, and by the by the two thousand and on, it was function. You know, I didn't realize I didn't know there was a specific problem. I wasn't able to tell the the signs of withdrawal or something. But I would become very restless, you know, at times, and then realize not realizing, but when I had a drink, all that restlessness would go away. Mm. Wow. 
and still not really understanding. I didn't know shit about alcoholism. Yeah, wow. You know, so anyhow, it, it got to the point where it was full functioning, where I would have to drink in the morning to prepare myself for work. And I got wow. into a nasty habit of red wine in the morning. Wow. And I would drink keg cups of it. I would have one or two glasses of wine at home while I got ready. And then that be, then I would, you know, I would tell myself, don't bring one for the ride to work. Don't bring one for the wow. ride to work. But I would. I would. Wow. And I would always have coffee to gargle with to try to kill some of that smell. But it never worked. And then, you know, so you get to work, you're fine. I'm straight as an arrow. Mm. But then come noontime, this started happening. I found it work. And I couldn't quite understand why. I didn't, I still didn't really understand what the hell it was, but I would start shaking. I knew I needed to drink. Wow, that's amazing. So then it, after, you know, so then it became around noon, I would swing out of the office and have a couple of drinks just to stop that, you know. And then by the time five o'clock or six o'clock hit, it was off to the races. You know, then I was free. Then I was, I didn't have to pretend to do a good job at work. I didn't have to pretend to be nice to anybody. Um, I could go home. I could go home and get loaded. Um, but then, of course, family starts catching on to, you know, you know, Mike's not really fun to be around, and. Um, and I sensed, I knew it, but instead of saying, boy, let me make a change, I truly didn't know how to stop this. All I knew was I had to drink daily. You know, everyone, everyone would tell me, oh boy, you really like to party. The party ended a long time ago. It was an absolute necessity that I drink. And um, so, you know, I was, a, I was an unwelcome guest at a lot of family parties. Um, you got a big family, right? Big family. Yeah. Big family. And so instead of me saying, boy, that makes me feel bad, I immediately would lash out and, you know, basically screw them. Mm -hmm. Who the hell do they think they are, you know? But when I had those times, when I was going, you know, when I'm lying in bed and ending my day, if I'm lucid enough, you know, really thinking about it, that hurts, you know? Mm -hmm. So that only dug me deeper into this. You know, let's use the word depression. I do not suffer from depression. Thank goodness I don't have that real, that yeah. real disease, because that's a nightmare. Thank God, yeah. You know? um, but it would sink me lower into self-worth, you know, or, you know, um, you know, what am I worth? I'm nothing, you know. And then the greatest day came for an alcoholic that could ever happen. It was the end of, the end of 2012. I got laid off from my job, and I had been there for 11 years, I think. And... <clears throat> the first words out of my mouth was, how much money do I get in my severance? Mm. And this was 2012. And it was, it was enough to keep me afloat for certainly a year of doing nothing. And I had this in my head that I wasn't going to work anymore. And by 2012, I had already done one rehab stint. So what was that? In 2007 or 8, I can't remember, mm. I had gone into detox. I went to a detox program for a week so I could detox. And then I went into a 28-day program in Torrington. Oh, I know that. Yeah. 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 So they ship you away and uh, you know it's and you know, and they tell you all of these really fascinating things about, you know, your disease. Mm. 
And I started picking up little pieces of, of the puzzle of alcoholism. Yeah. But they teach you what doctors would teach you. You talk to a psychiatrist once a week. Mm -hmm. So I'm there for 28 days, so I'm talking to a therapist or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, did you like it? Did you, was it a waste of time or was it interesting or? Well, it was a lot of fun to, it was a lot of fun to take 28 days off. Yeah. And live like, once again, you're in like a camp. Yeah. <laughs> but did you, the first day, first week, was it hard, I, you know? Well, sure, like anything else, right? You yeah. have to get used to the people. You have to get yeah. used to your surroundings. So there's that, oh, the detox process. Exactly. Oh, brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Um, sweating uncontrollably, really? shaking like a leaf. Um, you really start to lose a lot of your mental mm. capacity. You really start to lose your mind, really? you know? But then that's why you have the, the drugs that they, they oh. load you up with. I didn't know that. Okay. The idea of a detoxification program is to is to basically put you to you know in simple terms, basically put you to sleep for a couple of days, uh, get you loaded okay. on a benzodiazepine, which is a bad drug in itself, but under the right care, it's medically assisted. You know, under the right care, it just puts you to sleep for a little bit, and it allows you to basically avoid seizure. Really. Oh yeah, you can go and you can have a seizure if you're withdrawing from. No, alcohol withdrawal can be deadly. Wow. Heroin withdrawal can. No, it I is know not that. deadly. Yeah. You will wish you were dead. Really? Yes. It's particularly brutal. Wow. Um, wow. But alcohol withdrawal and benzodiazepine withdrawal can be deadly. Wow. Interesting. And so that's why you have to be medically if you're just uh, if you're just a disco drunk who goes out on Fridays and yeah. misbehaves and, and 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 gets pulled over for a DUI and says, oh geez, I drink too much, I have to stop. You don't need a detox. Yeah. You just need to, you know, you just need to behave better. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Me. Uh, yeah. I know what you're feeling. <laughs> yeah. 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 So the, the, you know, the detox is a, is a six day period where you can slowly wean your, well, you, where you can wean your body. You sort of the physical allergy of addiction, the physical, physical allergy of alcoholism that will go. Okay. Okay. You will not shake anymore. You know, your muscles won't tighten up like this. I mean, there's very bizarre things were happening to me anytime I experienced any withdrawal. And that is why particularly as soon as I felt restless and started to shake a bit, I went right to the bottom, exactly. you know? Um, and so then after that, they get you into a 28-day program. And the 28-day program is filled with, you know, lessons that are, you know, lessons that are, that, that therapists and doctors have come up with. Mm -hmm. And some of it's good. Some of it's particularly silly, in my opinion, you know. Um, okay. But the, that. Well, the, well, you know, some, some of the stuff they tell you, you know, there's, you know, you know, halt. They use this all the time. It's called, it's a warning sign. Halt. Hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Drink. If you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, you might drink. Yeah. I drink <laughs> if the sun was out. I drink <laughs> if it was raining. Yeah. I drink if I had a great day. I drink right. if I had a shit day. Okay. That's, you know, so, so I couldn't yeah, relate. So, I yeah. couldn't relate to a lot of this stuff that they were telling me. So I would, you know, you get out of, you get out. It's clean, I remember. Clean. Yeah. You, you 
hey man, he's back. Kind mm -hmm. of, you know. Yep, that was the first time. Yeah. And um, and then of course it happens again. So you go back to what happens is the so the sober life is fantastic, right? But guess what? Yeah, time. You know, there's a the sober life becomes just as miserable as my drinking life because I hadn't taken care of that that issue that I had had at a very young age. There was just this 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 inherent feeling that I just really didn't belong, mm -hmm. you know. And um, so that comes back. Life gets back to normal, and then I'm restless. I'm irritable discontented, I'm not happy with life. Mm. So I go back to the only ease and comfort that I fully understand, and the only ease and comfort that I would ever get was, was from alcohol. So back to it, you know, and then it would happen again. Now here's what happened for me particularly, is I have a, a lot of friends around and they all know that I was in a detox in yeah. 2007. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. My family obviously knows. Mm -hmm. So now this is where things get dangerous because I slipped because again I still didn't I, I still didn't have a there was something within me mm, yeah. that made me unhappy. So now I have to hide from everybody. Hmm. It was a struggle to go out and pretend that I wasn't drinking. Mouthful of mints, yeah, you know. But really. But then hanging out all day at a party, you get you start to get itchy again. I would bolt as soon as I can. Parties, family functions, work events, whatever. You know, um, I had uh, told... You know it's just a tick. You know, your brain just got this... It's it's still ticking. You're, you know? Yep. It's, uh, go it again. Yep. Yeah. Wow. It's and then from that point on, there was some family, you know, some, like, you know, a sister or you know, someone where my mother, God bless her, mm -hmm. you know, they would say, you know, they would say something like, you know, I suspect you're drinking again or something, you know. Oh, yeah. God, don't be ridiculous. Uh, because yeah. I will lie knowing full well that they know the truth. Yeah. Just, just so I can escape and be, yeah. and go back and be alone. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I wanted. Mm. And then, um, so, so all that hiding, all that isolation, spins you further out of control. And, you know, so you go out to search for people who know nothing about you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then you can find that element where you can, where you can drink, where you can drink to oblivion. You find that in areas where people say, you know, people that like to use crack cocaine. Mm -hmm. You know, I found a lot of good friends that did smoke crack cocaine, and I particularly liked crack cocaine. Really? It never, it, I never got the, it, it's a very mental addiction. Yeah, um, more, more, huh? yeah, more, 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 until there's no more, and then you, then you, gotta, then you gotta stare at the ceiling for a couple of hours and fight through it. Um, wow. But I was never, I never became addicted thank to God. that. Thank God. Um, or the opiates, the pills, you yeah. know, I would use them. It was like a, a fancy appetizer at a fancy restaurant. I didn't go there very often, but when I did, I thoroughly enjoyed it. But the, the, you know, they, they call it the drug of choice. Well, th apparently those two were my drug of choice because it didn't destroy my life. Really? Really? My drug of no choice was alcohol. Wow. And then by, by 2012, again, I wasn't working, so I spent every day, every day drinking. 
and wake up with the shakes, I would drink. I'd watch the news, drink, drink, drink. Next thing I know is maybe 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, and I'm well. So I go to the bar down the road where there's a bunch of old people who don't know me. They just know me as Mike. Mm -hmm. And they probably suspect I drink a bit too much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I would go there and I would have a couple of whiskeys with them. Mm -hmm. And then escape back to my home where it was just me and a, and a cat. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I had no one, to, no one to bother me, no one to... No one I had to answer to. Mm -hmm. You know, the phone rang, it was always so painful. Um, every time you hear a door shut. Because again, now remember, people, despite the fact that they know, had already gone through one. Exactly. Yeah. And in my head, all right, well, I couldn't do that. Yeah. Why? That didn't work. Yeah. The success rate is very, the, the success rate is not good. Okay. You okay. knew that. You researched that. Yeah. 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 Okay. And, 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 and there's and, and there's data to support that, which is yeah. obvious, which is why those companies, why, why rehabs stay in business. Mm -hmm. They want you well, but they don't want you that well. Really? Huh. That's that's an opinion. Yeah. But yeah. but yeah. but if everyone could go, if that was a one-stop shop, that wouldn't be an industry. That wouldn't be a multi-billion-dollar industry okay. in this country. Yeah. Huh? I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought it was better and yeah okay no i mean again disco trunks might get something out of it okay yeah you know, okay. the kids who are just a little out of hey, control might, exactly. might want to, there was something deep within me there was a there was an issue with me inside that wasn't going to let any therapist or any counselor convince me what my problem was um so on and on and went 2012, I didn't work a single day, or 2013, not a single day of work. So got the money though, I didn't know. I still had money from my severance. I didn't know that, yeah. Um, they had said, because I told them, I said, just give me the lump, I'll take the lump sum. And they had said, well, if you take the lump sum, you can't come back to GE. And I said, well, I'm not coming back. <laughs> yeah. There was something I think deep down inside me at that time that I had planned. Now I'm, I don't know how old I was. I was certainly adult age making good money and certainly, a, certainly an adult who should be responsible enough to know better. Hmm. So I knew damn well that I was taking this time off and I, if, if I ended up dead at the end of it, by accident or maybe by my own hand, that's fine. If I ended up a bum, living behind a target in Southington or something, that's fine. I didn't know what was going to happen, but one thing I knew for certain is it was going to be hard to find another job. I know. You had a nice job. Because the problem became this. In 2013, or 2014, 2013, not a day I worked. Early 2014. See, this is where things get really muddled because my, my father died in 2014. Yeah. Um, Three weeks before he died, I had gotten my third DUI arrest. So things were really going out of control. And um, so I was, I was not. You know, so the timeline is fuzzy. Mm -hmm. um, but after my father had passed, a decision was made that maybe I would try this detox thing again. 
because apparently I didn't I didn't know this, but apparently my family uh, everyone knew at this time around the time when my father was dying that I was I was massively unwell, and again to some of these to some of my family members it was like shit don't tell me Mike just can't put down the bottle you know yeah. they were like because they don't under, they didn't understand they didn't understand what alcoholism is. You're, you're just a pant-pissing drunk who doesn't, who can't, yeah. who can't follow rules well. Yeah. Uh-huh. That wasn't the case. Um, so in May, I went and I went to a detox. Again. Again. And after that detox, I had just, I, I got, I, I detoxed, I got myself physically well, and out I went. I went back home. Still no job. Uh, but as a result of the third DUI that I had gotten, so I was taking these classes, which brought me to the detox in May of 2014. How I went white-knuckled, you know, I think I made it 70-something days without a drink, and then that day came, there's not a, you know, not a cloud in the sky, nothing went wrong, it was just once again, I know how to feel a little bit better about myself, about life, about every situation, and that's to have a drink. You know, we make the decisions to go back to drinking as a sober person, as someone who has not been, you know, drinking. Mm. We make these decisions sober to go back. So what's wrong there? I don't know. And it would drive me crazy. It would it would bother me a great deal. Like I can't believe I did this again. So I'm not gonna try. I'm not gonna drink tomorrow. And these are the battles I would have. I'm not gonna drink tomorrow. And you want to know what? I may wake up the next day and not have a drink and white knuckle it. But that weight on my shoulders, it would break. Mm. You know, it would break. So in, so that didn't last very long. And then, um, then I got the eviction letter. I was being kicked out of my apartment where I had isolated. And now I had no idea what I was going to do. And this is funny because I remember I interviewed for a job um, with someone that we both know. And I got it. Now I had been drinking all day. Mm-hmm. Remember, when I drink, it was fine. I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. I drink just enough to be okay. Yeah. And they offered me the job. And as I was walking out of the building to go get into the car that my mother was driving, because I just got a third DWI and I can't drive anywhere, I'm saying, A, how am I gonna get to work? Mm-hmm. Am I gonna buy, am I gonna have to am I gonna have to get a ride from my mother to and from work yeah. at 39 years old? Yeah. And then the next question came, what happens midday when I start to shake? Ah, that's the real point. That's the big problem. real point, because you can't drive. Mom got, she takes you, the, uh, no, no, nothing to get the, uh, the car yep. and uh, get drunk. Yep. Yeah, and this was in Cheshire, so I know where, we, we all know where your package store is. Yeah. Um, wow. And I knew that this would require a walk that would probably... Yeah take up my hour lunch exactly. without a doubt. Um, so I mean I really so I'm like well I'm really I'm really I, screwed. Wow that's hit you like huh oh, that's not gonna work. No that's not gonna work. So I'm got I'm dealing with my probation probation yeah probation officer as a result of the arrest in, in March. I'm dealing with the fact that I could have a job it's offered to me but there's no chance in hell I can possibly stay sober. I cannot physically stay sober. But you're drunk. Yeah yeah uh, you know, I have to drink to to survive. Yeah. 
you know, and that might be a little far-fetched, but literally to not go into withdrawal, to become violently ill, I need to drink. Okay, so I can, I can either be buzzed at work or I can be shaking uncontrollably and, and not even be able to write. I remember there was, I, was, wow. I was doing some work with my brother during that period of time, some account, uh, oh, yeah. doing some work for him, and I would have to sign something, and I would have to hold my hand down really? like this just so I could get a signature. Wow. Now that's not Every, just... Yeah, everybody's... Your brother, your, you know, everybody's like, this is, this is hell, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I didn't know what to do. I wasn't gonna work and I was being evicted. And all of a sudden that, that, that thought I had in 2012 when I got laid off was coming to be a real reality. Am I gonna die? Am I gonna become a bum? Yeah. And I really started thinking that I was going to become a bum. Oh my God. No one in my family, would, would well they, they they might but there'd be serious restrictions like no drinking if you're gonna live here yeah you know I had long I, I had become something that I had never envisioned I would become I was on so I was going to be homeless I was dealing with this court issue I could not get a job I could not draw a sober breath shit was really crumbling about you all things are falling uh, fast. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's just like that cylinder. Exactly. Once that marble starts getting closer down to the end, yeah. that thing's spinning and exactly. going a hell of a lot faster. Yeah, okay. So it's very scary, but not at really not at one point did I think to myself, well now's the time to get help. Um, at least I didn't outwardly think that. But I think internally something was telling me now's the time. And while yeah. I was packing up my while I was packing up my apartment I think one of my cousins was gonna let me house all my shit, but I still had no idea where I was going to go. And if someone had offered anything, a solution, a place where I could stay, I don't recall. Um, mm. But something happened while I was there. Um, my roommate there, she had a never-ending supply of Xanax, so I had I had begun taking plenty of those on the you know on, you know whenever I could you know a small hand. So I would snort them particularly, you know, ideally. Hmm. Um, so I was doing a lot of those at that time, and, and of course drinking what I drank. And it was, it was, I would drink the minute I woke up, and I would stop drinking when my body physically would not let me drink anymore. And then I would get on and repeat it. This is what has started to yeah. become of me. So something happened while I was cleaning out the house. It was late at night, and I had. I had discovered a hunting knife that I had bought. Who the hell knows why? Uh, but I had bought this knife. And the next thing I know, I'm in front of my mirror and I'm covered in blood. Really? Yeah. Oh. And I, wow. and I, since I, I to this day, don't totally recall oh, any of that. Man. But if that's not a cry for help, because I wasn't trying to kill myself, I wanted to kill myself, I know how to do it. Yeah. I, do, I think we yeah. all do. But I, I, I'm too chicken shit to do that. Yeah. But I think that was a cry for help. Mm -hmm. And I called 911 on myself, and next thing you know, I'm in a psych ward. Oh, really? And my mother being wheeled in on a wheelchair, because it's a long walk. My mother just can't walk long distances. She mm -hmm. wasn't disabled. You know? <laughs> but here she is being wheeled into the room, and she says, is it, is it, 
is this because of me and your friends? Is this because of how you were brought up or something like yeah, that? Yeah, And oh man, what a killer. It was such a punch in the gut. Yeah. No, it's not. You know, yeah. I don't know what the problem is. And I, you know, and that was the truth. I don't know why I did that. Wow. So after the psych ward, back into a detox, and back into once again a 28 day program in Torrington. The same one? The same one. Mm -hmm. So I was there for 28 days, and in the meantime, now I had come to the, I think everyone had, 28 days is a band-aid. It's not going to, mm. it's not going to do the job. Um, and I don't have the willpower and strength to walk out with my head held high after 28 days. Yeah. And say, I'm never going to drink again. Yeah, yeah. you tried that. I tried, tried it, and yeah. I just know me. Mm -hmm. And so I went to a, I had the opportunity to go to a three-month program after that. Three months. Mm -hmm. yeah. And in there, there something started to change. Something started, started to change because I had, I had started reading, um, you know, I started reading about these 12-step programs. Mm. There's a 12-step program for everything. Yep. And there should be a 12-step program for a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> but I had started reading it and having a general understanding, a very high-level understanding. I never peeled back the onion. Um, but I also, I, also, I also began learning how to meditate. You know, three months there, they can't teach you the same uh, curriculum over and over again. I think things would, all, would become shit, you know, and people would bolt. Mm -hmm. um, so there was a lot of other opportunities to, a lot of other methods how to cope, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And I discovered meditation and, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Really? I really liked it. Um, did I utilize it? I, I tried to utilize it to its fullest, um, but it's difficult. If you, you know, meditating is, is like riding a bicycle. You've got to keep going yeah. and keep going. Yeah. And then once it clicks, you've got something pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, so after those three months, I remember the guy telling me, January 15th, Mike, 2015, you're going home. Yeah. And the first words out of my mouth were, is there any chance I can stay one more week after yeah, that? Wow. Just because in my head, I'm like, yeah. well, I'm going to be shipped back out to the normal world yeah. where I am not going to find life mm. suitable enough for me, and I'm going to reach out for that solution that I know again. Mm. I'm going to be fine. And, um, but, you know, he laughed. You know, and he said, absolutely not, your insurance won't do that. And, uh, <laughs> the state insurance, I didn't have a job. Yeah. I was on state insurance, the state's paying to help get me so, yeah. you know. And uh, so, so I got out of there homeless. I didn't have a home. So I was able to finagle my way here and there. I hung out at my mother's house, but I couldn't stay there. She lived in a community yeah. where, you know, that just wasn't, that wasn't part of the rules. Yeah. I was also staying at this farm in Woolkit where they had all oh, these yeah, horses. Oh right. yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, uh, and that was a wild place, and I and I, I I I took full advantage of that place. There were very spiritual people there, very spiritual yeah. people, and um, and I would you you know I would meditate, and I was working. I was helping out there. I wasn't being paid, and um, you know so it was really really it was really sweet. And then um, one of my sisters had bought a home in Meriden where I was able to, they had a basement. Mm -hmm. I said, well, we'll shove your ass down in the basement if you'd like, you know. Oh, really? It's, yeah. It's not a beautiful basement by any stretch, but, yeah. but it's a place for me to crash. Now, again, I'm 40-something years old, and this mm -hmm. is what I've, this is what I'm doing, you know. You know, I, sh I should, 
they really have a house or a home of yeah. my own. Yeah. You know. Um, so anyhow, I was doing really well. I took a job that didn't pay very much money, had very little responsibility, but I, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and this was over a year and a half, probably, probably over a year and a half. And then life all of a sudden once again became unsatisfactory. You know, so what I started discovering here is I'm mm. not happy sober. Mm. I'm not happy under the influence of drugs and alcohol. I'm not. So it's a it, it's a constant battle. But once again, then there it is. I, I I make the decision on a sunny afternoon. Did you to walk down the street because I didn't want anyone to mm. run down the street. I had to run. So I wanted to get back in time before anyone realized I was really? there. And I picked up a pint of vodka. And back at it I went. And, man, yeah. Man. So then, you know, then another detox in April of, I don't know. No idea. <laughs> Two th- April of 2017, a detox. Got out of there, Easter. Um, they've given me some medicine to help keep the keep the cravings down, you know. Um, but he, I got out of this detox and went right back to work, yeah. and and I was there for five days, not six, because I had to get back to work. Mm-hmm. I get back to work, and you know, my muscles are tightening up on me. You know, my body is still you're just yeah, you know, not you ready, put, but you you put all that stuff into your body for as long as I did. Yeah. Your brain notices that something is missing. Yeah. There's something wrong with this uh, body. Uh, I know. Yeah. I know how I'm feeling. Sure. <laughs> absolutely yeah. you do. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. you do. Um, so that was like a week, and then I just said, oh, fuck this. Fuck this. I'm going back. I'm going to drink again. And I drank again. And then the greatest thing that ever happened was in August of 2017, my family finally decided enough of this, and they wanted to have that intervention. Yeah, and uh, and I had I had to certain people been letting it be known that yeah things aren't going so well, you know I wasn't posting it on Facebook, <laughs> um, but I was letting certain people know that you know yeah I mean I'm back at it you know I have nothing I can do you know I mean I mean there's something I can do I suppose so this time they gave there were some consequences they said when they sat me down mm-hmm. and you know. You watch that show, Intervention. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, uh, you know, you know, you, your drinking has affected us in the following ways, and the person's like, eat shit, yeah. I'm out of here. Yeah. You know, I don't need this, I'm leaving. Exactly. No, I thought it was beautiful. Oh, really? Absolutely, I did. Mm. And that was, you know, and uh, so they're all encouraging me that something has to change, and there's going to be some consequences. Can I blame them? At this point in my life, can I can I yeah, these know, people you know. for finally saying, listen, yep. this time something's you know something's got to give or else. Mm-hmm. There was never that or else. It was, oh, we really love you. Go get well, you know. So I got everyone off my case and got them out of the house, and then I had to, and I was going to cut the grass. And as I was cutting the grass, I said, man, you really have two choices. Hmm. Two choices. One. Go be that homeless bum. And you know, although I'm chicken shit to kill myself, at this point, at 43, 42, 43 years old, mm. at some point I would have been like, you know what, fuck this. I'm out of here. 
You know, I really thought that. I thought that was option one. And option two was to take some advice from, from a guy I had met through my brother who had some experience in, in long-term recovery through this whole idea of a 12-step program. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, well, if I'm gonna do this 12-step program, I have to do it with the most 100% honesty mm -hmm. and 100% because it really is now in my head truly bum and kill yourself mm -hmm. or get well. Yep. And get well 100%. Wow, do yeah. not get well. Yeah. Do not get well for six months and then let's do this all over because now try that. Yep. Yeah. I've tried it a million times. Now my family has also said, listen, yeah. or else. Yeah. So so this is serious now. I've got, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So I understand my two options and which one am I gonna pick. Now, you know, I had developed again some meditation and some understanding of this 12-step work mm -hmm. to get well. And um and I thought, well, we'll we'll try this 12-step. I think that was uh, the obvious decision I was going to make. Mm -hmm. So back into detox I go, and this time they offer me once again to go back to that three-month program that I went to up mm -hmm. in Lebanon, yeah. Connecticut. <laughs> it's like a day camp. Yeah. I said no. I said it hasn't worked in the yeah. past. It's yeah. you know it's a band-aid. It might help me for a little bit. No, mm -hmm. I've got a I've got a plan. And you know, and these people, of course, oh sure. That's ridiculous. Not very smart. That's not very smart. But I got Get it. Get me the hell I, out of here. I got it. Yep. I was here. So I got out of I got out of um, the detox. I went home, and unfortunately, there was some kind of family party because you know no, you know I'm just getting well. Yeah. My body is once again, and this was a particularly bad detox. Um, I mm. puked all over the floor. Hmm. I had shown up really intoxicated, so they couldn't give me the medicine to knock me out until my blood alcohol oh, level yeah. dropped. So I was there for probably nine, ten hours before they, I kept breathing into this meat machine, and they're like, not yet, buddy. Oh my <laughs> god. And, uh, and so it was particularly rough. But I got into work immediately. You know, I, you know they, there's, a, there's a term, the desperation of a drowning man. And I had, you know, I had to get to work at once. I must get to work at once. And so the, this, this program really had, it requires 100% effort without question. Mm -hmm. And I was absolutely devoted to doing it with 100% sincerity all the way through, all the way to the end. And if that didn't work, then I can go be a bum and, and probably kill myself eventually. Wow. And these are these are all that's an inner struggle. Who wants to live every day being like, yeah. well, those are options. I have to drink. Maybe I'll kill myself and be a bum. No. You know what God. I mean? Maybe I'll go to detox again. I mean, it's a yeah. long day. Yeah. My God. And um, so I got right to work. Mm -hmm. And I and I, and again fully committed. And not one day during that process did I. Did I ever say, I don't want to do that today. Maybe today I'll go golf poorly, you mm -hmm. know? No, I didn't. And, um, and the whole idea, right, is in a nutshell, is you have to get right with God. Now, the word God is 
drive some people crazy. I don't know what God is. I don't think it's a him or a her personally. Um, but I think it's a fundamental nature of reality. There's something about you know, it. Not, yeah. I needed to discover that. I'm not a religious person by, you know, by, by choice. Um, but I needed to find something that was certainly higher up the food chain than my Mitchell. Yeah, right. You know, and um, so I discovered that. So I got right with a God of my understanding. Then I needed to get right with myself. And in doing that, I had to, I had to kind of uncover some, some truths about myself. Mm -hmm. And there's a process in which you do that. And so I started understanding some of my own character defects. And a lot of those character defects are what leads to being massively resentful at somebody, mm -hmm. um, just being an overall prick, mm -hmm. you know, um, being unsatisfied in life. You know, that, 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 that feeling that mm -hmm. I didn't belong, mm -hmm. you know, that I was an unwelcome guest wherever I went, you know. Um, then get right with others. You know, reach out to some people that you know certainly you've done, you've okay. done harm mm -hmm. to, you know, whatever harm that is. And, and I had a list that I went through and made right with those people, cleaning my side of the street. Okay. I could have talked to one person and said, listen, I did something back then and I, and I regret it and, mm -hmm. and, and I, for that I'm, you know, for, for that I want you to know that I am truly sorry. That's where the word sorry should ever start being used when we're adults. Kids say sorry all the time. Yeah. yeah that doesn't do shit. Mm. <laughs> it's interesting. But then, also, then the next part of it was to continue the, that process. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't get a certificate and all of a sudden you walk out the door and you're well. You have to continue a, a, a relationship with something more powerful than yourself. And of course, that's, that's, in, great, that's in prayer and meditation, mm -hmm. you know. And I get off on that. You know, that, 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 gets, me, that gets me pretty juiced and starts my day. Mm -hmm. It ends my day. It helps me in the middle of the day when I'm pissed. But I also have to be wary of my character defects because we are human after all. Yeah. I am by no means the same. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to make right there. If I do something to someone, I have to immediately apologize. It keeps all the weight off my shoulders and yeah. it keeps yeah. you know, and it keeps me in a spiritual fit condition where I don't think that I'm a piece of shit. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So if I do that every day, I'm gonna be okay. It's not easy work. But there's a lot of people out there who could use this process, mm, okay. um, and and understanding that process and why you do it. My life is profoundly different than it was mm. for as long as I can remember. It is mm. a brand. I feel like a brand new person. Mm. You know, there's nothing. I wanted to sleep until eleven o'clock this morning. Ideally, I'm yeah. a little bit of a misanthrope on the weekends. Yeah. I like to stay in. Yeah. I don't like to do stuff. But you and I talked about this two weeks ago. Yeah. And there was nothing that was going to stop me from doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But 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 back in the old days, I would have given you any lie in the book. I probably would have told you that my grandmother had died and I couldn't make it. Wow. But then, watch six weeks later when you try to reschedule. I tell you, my grandmother died again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, yeah. but you know, that's the hopeless, that's the hopeless condition of alcoholism, mm. you know, I mean, for me, that's my experience, you know, where I couldn't get out of my own way to, 
to save my life. Mm -hmm. um, but I also didn't think my life was worth so much. And I could see, and again, it's not just alcoholism, it's in a lot of different situations. Um, you never stopped moving. You still move, but you move with a limp now. Yeah, the you arm know? is... And uh, yeah, that arm's pretty stiff. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. You know I what know, I mean? I but, know. <laughs> but I, I, don't say that, I, don't, I don't say this because we're in front of your cameras. I say this because, you know, you're an inspiration to a lot of people in a lot of different ways as well. Well, thanks. You know, I mean, certainly to me, um, you know, and, and, I, and I try to do that every day. I try to be an inspiration to other kids by exactly. going to, I go to detox facilities, I go, to, I go to shelters for people in recovery. Wow. You know, and they say, oh, you never recover from this. Well, my symptoms have gone away. I'm not cured yeah. of yeah. alcoholism. If I maintain my spiritual fitness, spiritual, you know, if I maintain that fitness, I'm as recovered as I'm gonna get. Yeah. You know, and that's I'll good. use that word recovered with pride. Yeah, you know, that's good. It's when I drop the ball. But it's been amazing. It's been about 18 months where every single day I'm hustling. I'm hustling for me, I'm hustling for the next person. I know damn well I've gotta follow certain steps every single day. And they're all great steps. Yeah. It's all beautiful stuff. It's all being a really kind person. It's great stuff. And and I work with kids, and I, and I go through this program, and I'll, there's points where they'll stop contacting me because they're like, shit, I have to talk about myself now yeah. to you? Yeah. <laughs> well, you asked me that. Yeah, yeah you do, brother. And, yeah. you know, and it's frightening. Yeah. But once you get through it, you're like, God almighty, that wasn't that bad, man. In fact, yeah. I feel like a million dollars. Good. And I want them to see it. Yeah. But yeah. I wouldn't snap my finger and make anyone that I was working with sober. I'd want them to go through the process that I went through. Mm -hmm. Because it can't be put into words how beautiful it is. Hmm. Yeah, well. You gotta go through the swamp before you I can know. get to the ocean, baby. Yeah, I know, I know. And, and uh, well, let's, uh, let's, tr let's uh, do this. You know, let's, uh, you you're gonna get uh, something, your house again, you get. Uh, Michael, all that shit means nothing. It will really? come if it has to. You know, my, you know what? I, I'm staying in that dirty basement. I'm staying there because I owe a debt to my mother mm. to be present. She lives upstairs with the rest of the, okay. with the rest of the people that live up there. Mm. My sister, yeah. good the person. kids, good person. her husband. Yep. They all live up there. Yeah. I need to be as close to my mother uh, as I possibly yes. can. Okay. Because all through all that shit I just explained to you. Yeah. My mother and father had sleepless nights. I can't do anything. I can't, I can't tell my father that I'm okay now, mm -hmm. you know? But if his spirit, I do think our spirit sticks around. Mm -hmm. If he decided to stick around for, <laughs> what, five, almost five years, you know, then he knows. But you wanna know who does my mother, mm. you know, and my family. You know, I love those people. Yeah. I love those people because they did not give up. And you want to know what's yeah. even greater? You know what's greater? Good they're man. still short. I guarantee you there's still, some of my siblings are waiting for that ball to drop. I know. In fear. Not in anticipation to be yeah. like, yeah, that son of a bitch. <laughs> you know, but, but I'm sure some of them are waiting for this yeah. to happen. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. Like, years from now, will we'll be uh, your brother and your sister will be finally... Good, but years of years 
years after. Years and years of proving them wrong yeah. time and time again. Exactly. It'd be awfully, it'd be awfully exactly. selfish of me um, or foolish of me to think that they should all of a sudden believe that we're never going to have a problem. Mm -hmm. And nor should they think that there's never going to be a problem. I can't yeah. think that way. Yeah. But what I have to do is every single day follow these follow this very simple design for living. Yeah. And try not to take life too serious. And if I do that, then there's no reason to drink today. Yeah. You know, hmm. I won't be drinking today. That I assure you. Good. Good. That I assure you, and tomorrow's looking pretty good too. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know that's uh, good, and uh, well. Th uh, you're ready to go further.